Today we're going to talk about Prince of Peace. And if you got the words, if you listen to the words, Hark the Herald, and I'm not going to sing again, Hark the Herald, angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth, mercy mild. Peace on earth, peace on earth, peace on earth, Prince of Peace, is there peace? Is there peace? Let's see. Luke 2, uh, beginning with verse 1. I'm only going to read through verse 14. And we're going to read some more Luke 2, Christmas Eve. But today, just 1 through 14. A story many of you are familiar with. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger." Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Peace on earth. Uh, Is there peace uh, on earth? Uh, It can be hard to see at Christmas. Uh, I know for my family, uh, when we gather at Christmas, uh, there's not like full and total peace. I don't know about yours, but from from mine, there's always... I mean, the cousin uh, who is just never going to get his life together, uh, you know, and shows up, uh, maybe uninvited even, and, uh, you know, comes in. I mean, we've all got the, uh, the cousin Eddie's, right, in the family? Come from a cousin Eddie? Hopefully they're not your spouse, um, or, you know, or they've morphed into some version of cousin Eddie. But we've all got that person that you know, is kind of uncomfortable to be around, and they're not going to get their life together, or they're just, you know, and, and we... We got to see them at least once a year. Uh, now, there's also uh, there's really not peace in my home right now. I mean, my house. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I'm not I'm shaking lots of your hands. I'm sorry, but I, my youngest has the flu. But I, I'm good. I mean, I'm really good. Although Tamiflu and you know all of that stuff. But there's no peace in my house because I was planning to go hunting this weekend. You know, uh, with Chris and, and Ray. Thank y'all again and. You know, I came in, and, and Linda, well, I came in Thursday night. She'd call me Thursday morning, and it's like, plans have changed. You know, Ethan has the flu. It's like, okay, you know. You know, I start being real graceful, and, you know, I mean, I'm going to take care of it, because I know Friday afternoon, I mean, I'm still going hunting. You know, so I, I got maybe a little over 24 hours to, like, Mr., you know, everything. It, and, uh, you know, I'm working hard, I'm working hard. And then, you know, Friday, well, Chris calls Friday 11. I was like, man, I think I'm going to make it. And, uh Anyway, at 1 o'clock, she's like, man, uh, you know, shuts it down. So, you know, there, there's actually not full peace because, you know, I'm wanting to do, 
I mean, it's a little thing called sin. You know, I want to do what I want to do, and yet, you know, there are, as Waits talked about up here, uh, responsibilities for the family that even though I know I may be shut down for 48 hours, so I got, you know, not full peace in my house. And, and the last thing, in my own heart, uh, there's not full peace. And I don't know if some of y'all have experienced this, you know, over uh, the Christmas season or the Christmas rush. I mean, it's most, uh, it, 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 you know, I, the Lord revealed my heart to me the most. I was at the post office this week. You know, lovely, lovely place around Christmas. You know, thankfully, we had, um, you know, we had gotten our Christmas cards in. A little late, you know, December 19th. I mean, that, that was, you know, part of the conflict in turn. I was like, man, we've got to get these cards in. We've got to get these cards in. So I go to the post office, and, and there's a man there. And long line, first off, okay, long line. And because there's a long line, he's, he's got his crate of, of packages, you know, that he wants to mail. Instead of waiting in line, he's going to take care of his business at the stamp machine, you know? The stamp machine. I mean, you can technically, like, weigh your stuff there. But for, you know, a big crate of boxes, I'm like, man, brother, stand in line, you know, because I just got to buy stamps, you know, really easy. And yet, you know, he's there, and I'm sorry if some of y'all have done this. I know you're thinking you're smart, you know, to not stand in line, but, you know, I'm like, man, stand in line, and just for those of us that need stamps, man, we'll just get our stamps. And so the Lord showed me, he's like, man, there ain't no peace in your heart, you know, because he, he finishes his business, and he turns, and I, I hear him say he's sorry, but I don't, I don't make eye contact with him because I don't want to. And, you know, he's walking, and I'm sorry, you know, like something like that. I was like, yeah, you know, get out of here. You know, just, I mean, that's, that's what my heart, I didn't say that. But, you know, that's what you're saying. So, peace on earth, prince of peace, and, you know, for extended family, my house, my heart, it's lacking. So, now, let's, let's get to more serious stuff. I mean, look at the world, like the world. I mean, in our city... Uh, you know, part of our deal in ministry is to talk to people who have lost loved ones and they struggle with uh, peace on earth. Uh, they question why or they question, you know, why did God take him or her? You know, what, you know what's going on? Uh, in our state, uh, you know, up in, uh, I believe it was around Batesville, you know, uh, a young girl was killed a week or so ago. I murdered in our uh, nation, uh, I don't know about you, and I hadn't been reading as much as I probably should, but you know, a lot of conflict, not peace, uh, racially the last couple weeks. I mean, I'm not getting into that today, but that's just what I've been seeing. Like, not peace, a lot of conflict in there. Uh, and then globally, if you keep up with like world news, uh, you know, this week, uh, over 130 kids, you know, children. Uh, were murdered, killed, not by accident, intentionally, you know, in Pakistan. And then, I believe it's Sydney, Australia, uh, three people were killed, okay, not 130, but one was a 38-year-old mother of three uh, at a cafe where someone had hijacked the place. And my wife is 38, she's a mother of three. So, I mean, you look on our earth, peace on earth, peace on earth, you know, not really seeing it, feeling it, even at Christmas, peace on earth. And see, the truth of the matter is, when we say, and there are a lot of church, Christianese, Sunday school cliches, but they're really, really true. One of them is, you know, at Christmas, 
light into darkness, or light came into a dark world. Uh, that's the truth, in that it was, we, we can't really imagine how great the light was, and we really don't want or really need to fathom how great the darkness is. It's a dark world. And light did come into darkness. I mean, in Jesus' time, you know, how dark it was, just starting off, give you a little backstory, and I love backstories of Scripture. You know, verse 1, Caesar Augustus. He just throws that name in there, okay? Uh, he was a murderous tyrant. Uh, he, he got to power uh, by, by killing Mark Antony. And you could see this if you watch, it's a bad Elizabeth Taylor movie, but Cleopatra. Anyway, this guy killed Antony, and then Cleopatra killed herself, and he took power, and he was Caesar. And then this other guy, uh, Quirinius, um, even though you can't really pronounce his name, Quirinius was um, a, really a military warlord. How he came to power was that uh, he would lead you know, uh, brigades of armies um, and, and take down... Uh, people or tribes that were revolt. Uh, if you look him up, he he had uh, hundreds murdered, killed in what is now Turkey of some tribal revolts of the Roman Empire. So that's how he got his position. Dark world, darkness, and into this dark world, uh, there are people who are are poor, Joseph and Mary, who are young and innocent, and are are given this call by the Lord, and they. Take steps to follow through with it, not knowing what's going to happen. Knowing probably, you know, the deck is stacked against them, but they, they go. Uh, they obey the government even. Joseph goes to be registered. And there's no room. It's a dark world, you know, someone who is pregnant, and everything's full. And they go to a place. They think it's probably like a cave, not like a barn or stable, but well, they use caves for barns and stables. It was really like a cave. You know, dark, damp, and into that place, that darkness, the light of the world, hopefully the light of our lives came. Light came into darkness. Shepherds, uh, also very poor people, common folks, uh, not just blue collar, you know, poor folks. And to them it was revealed uh, that the babe had come. And, and I love this, you know, when it says, with the angel, a multitude you know, I love how sometimes our English doesn't do the original justice. Multitude, the original Greek, it literally meant thousands. And just, if you can imagine, it's not night now, but, you know, maybe Christmas Eve. Imagine thousands, thousands of angels. The glory of heaven coming for a moment into earth, light into darkness, with good news. What's the good news? The good news was glory to God. To give God the glory, look at what he's done. God has broken the boundaries of creation, of matter, of space, of time. And something that no other religion or faith says comes into our world, our space, our place. Darkness, light in the world. Glory to him. And on earth, peace. But look at this. It's always interesting. Peace among those with whom he's pleased. So what does it not say? Well, it doesn't say peace to everyone. It doesn't say peace on earth or peace to all. Peace among those with whom he's pleased. Peace. So what is it saying to us? Well, it, it's saying that not everybody has peace. It's actually saying not everybody will have peace. It does say, and this is what I want you to hear and know today, 
God's word says all throughout, peace is possible. You can have peace. You need to hear this. You can have peace. However, it doesn't come from you. Like it doesn't come from your heart, our heart, our, our feely good emotions, uh, our all is right with my world right now. It doesn't come from you. It comes from something outside you. And it's not of this earth. Like it's not of this world. So the, I know, you know, standard Christian messages, the consumerism, uh, I mean the parties, the social time, all, all that stuff that we love for a couple weeks or a couple days uh, is not going to bring us the full peace. You can't have peace. It doesn't come from you. It's not of this earth. So then you're like, well, what is it? What is it? Peace is Jesus. That's simple. But let's look at God's word. And there's some things that I really want you to see. So I'm going to put some scriptures up on screen for you to know. And I encourage you to write these down. Because you're going to hear and sing and talk about peace on earth. It's real. You can have it. It doesn't come from you or your heart. And it's not of this earth. You need to know that. So where is it? How can we get it? Peace on earth. Well, first, peace in tribulation or problems. First verse up on screen, John 14, 27. It says, I encourage you to write this down in your notes or uh, just meditate on it. Jesus says, the words of Christ, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. What did I say to begin with? Let's go back. You can have peace. Jesus says, I've come to give you peace. It's not of this world. He says, it's not the peace of the world that I give you, but I am coming to give you peace. Then he says, John 16, 33, just a couple pages over. He's talking to his disciples, words of Jesus. He says, I have said these things to you that in me... You may have peace. Let's, let's repeat that word. In who? In, in me, you may have peace. Go back to it. You can't have peace. Jesus said it. It doesn't come from your heart or inside you or the gushiness, even the romance, you know, content. It comes from in who? Me, Jesus. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. You will have tribulation. You will have problems. You will have trials. Things hit the fan. Things aren't going your way. Uh, it's not just the Cousin Eddie problems. It is uh, the, the problems of addiction uh, and divorce and a child who does not come back for Christmas and memories of past Christmases and past people that hurt and real pain. What does Jesus say? In the world you will have tribulation. But he says, in me, you will have peace, real peace. And I look at so many of our lives. You know, uh, I'm not going to tell the full story. You can read it or Google it. A hundred years ago, this Christmas Eve, some of you history buffs know what I'm talking about. 1914, World War I, there was the only, almost in all of history, a truce, a Christmas Eve truce between three um, I don't know, brigades or whatever they're called in the army. But the Scottish... The French and the Germans, they all, for like 24 hours, they said, let there be peace. Like, let there really be peace on earth. And I've always been fascinated by the story because, you know, you want it to say, well, it was like, you know, some Christian leader got up there and caught, and it wasn't like that from what I've read. Like, a, a you know, music, once again, music, and I love music, can't sing, but music brought in the peace. A, a former, like, famous German opera singer started singing Silent Night on Christmas Eve. 
And then the German troops started putting up Christmas trees. And then they started interacting as Silent Night was going on, and they just called for peace. Peace. Now, I do believe God was working in that. Unfortunately, there's not full peace on earth. The war started back again. And actually, all those people who had that truce, they were sent to, like, the front lines, um, and, and many of them didn't survive the war. But I look at that in so many of our lives. Take our lives. Like, there are wars going on internally, sometimes, unfortunately, with spouses, sometimes with family members, sometimes in our jobs, you know, and we need a silent night. We need a silent night like in June or July, not the actual song, but like Jesus to come in. Maybe you need the song in July, I do. I like it. But anyway, you need Jesus to come in and like, man, bring peace. And he can, even as all this conflict, trial, tribulation is going on. And it may look like it's not over, and it probably won't be over, just like that war was not over. But he can bring peace in the midst of it. Jesus can bring peace in the church. I want to highlight another passage. This is Micah. So if you go back, this is one of the uh, famous prophecies about Jesus, but just a couple of verses. This is Jesus. It's talking about Micah. But listen to what he says. He shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. They shall dwell secure, for he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. I highlight this because it says, He shall shepherd his flock. He will be their peace. You see, so much of conflict happens in churches. Um, I mean, many of us have seen, I mean, even the best of churches, you know, have conflict because we have people and people are messy. And, you know, two or more, not only is Jesus there, but different opinions are there. You know what I'm saying? Amen? Amen? Come on, amen? There we go. And so... But the problem is, is when we start making church about, well, here's what I want, or here's what I want my church to be, or here's my agenda opinion, not about Jesus, you know, there's, it gets, it gets even more messy. But we're just like, man, it's, it's Jesus, and whatever he wants to do, and wherever he wants to take us, but it's his deal, and it's his gig, and it's his place, and what does Jesus call us to do? Jesus calls us to go and make disciples, and we'll do that, either... With bellwether or without bellwether, he's going to do that. Or blankety-blank church that you're from. Make it about Jesus. He shepherds his flocks. He is their peace. You can even have vastly, I hope we do have vastly different opinions. I hope we're a highly diverse church. And that's not just like a catchword, cliche word for race. I mean like, you know, politically, socioeconomically, racially, all it. You can have vast opinions, but be centered on Jesus and he be yours and our peace. That's what the church is supposed to be. He can bring peace in the church. Not only can he be priests in temptation, in trials, in the church, but last few, real quick. Trials, church, and temptation. I want you to look at a verse, uh, it's up on the screen. This is Philippians 4, 7. This is a fascinating verse. I mean, if you don't write anything else down, write this down. Philippians 4, 7, look what it says. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Like, what's, that sounds great, but like, why so fascinating? Well, a couple things. You can't have peace, like I said. It doesn't come from you or inside of your heart. It doesn't come from this earth. It has to come outside you. And look at this. Peace will guard your hearts. Let me say this to, to all of you. Let me say this to myself. Do not trust your hearts. 
Uh, your heart, Jeremiah says, the heart is wicked. Um, it's it's kind of like, you know, cheer up, good news. I mean, you're worse off. We're worse off than we think we are. That's true. That's, that's where you actually have to start as a Christian. Don't trust your heart. Trust something outside your heart that guards your heart. Now look at this verse. I think of like, you know, your heart in a circle. The peace of God guards your hearts in temptation. Because temptation comes. And if you start trusting your heart, even the culture says, you know, open your heart. You know, open your heart to people. You know, young girls, one of the worst things you can do, because I know these type of guys. Open your heart to that guy. You know, yeah. Yeah, we know how those stories usually end, don't we, guys? No amens there, please. But anyway, the peace of God will guard your hearts. You can't have peace. It doesn't come from your heart. It's not of this earth. It's outside of you. And then last verse. This is 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Thessalonians 3.16. You can't have peace, and not just at Christmas. Have it always. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. What do these verses say? Over and over again. You can't have peace. It doesn't come from inside. It's not of this earth. But you can't have peace. The Lord gives you peace. Jesus is our peace. A peace outside our hearts that guards our hearts. Peace among those whom He calls blessed. So those who say, you know, I can't trust myself. I can't trust my heart. I am a sinner. I need to repent. God, help me. He gives peace to say, stop relying on yourself and just trust in me and I'm going to take care of you. And it probably won't look like you've imagined or dreamed or planned, but it'll be better for Christmas and always. And you'll have peace. And there will be trials. There will be death. Uh, there will be addictions. Uh, there will be brokenness. Uh, there will be hurt. And you can still have peace. You can walk in peace. If you well, let me just close by saying, let me say this real quick. So often in our life, and I see this in, in people, a pastor, I see it in like culture, TV, you know, all that, all the time, is, is we try to really just rely on like a power of positive thinking, or hey, it's going to be okay, or hey, I've got what it takes in my heart to you know, survive or, or get through this, and it, it's, it's going to be, if we just love, even love one another, it's going to be okay. Man, you know, when, when you're on a bed and you're facing, you know, the next chemo treatment, you know, or you're back, you know, even, you know, we, we've used this room back here, not just as a prayer room, but as a play, kind of like a parlor for funerals. So when you're, you know, you're sitting or standing with family and, you know, you're laying a, a loved one to rest, or you just hear, I mean, yes, it's cancer, and yes, it could be terminal. I mean, all that kind of fuzzy stuff, I mean, it just... And it fades quick. I mean, I've seen it. And there is no foundation for a person to stand on. The good news is we do have a foundation. It's not in our heart. It's not in us. It's outside of us. It's God himself who's come to us. Again, broken every boundary of his created world, time, space, physical matter, to say, coming to you. Nothing's going to stop. You trusted me. You lean on me. You rely on me. You base your life on me. You will have peace. You'll stop searching. Stop searching for that perfect career, perfect home, perfect second home, perfect purpose of your life, and just give it to Jesus. Just lay it down, and you will have peace. I invite you, you know, our church, I said this at the beginning of the service, we want to be 
a bridge. We're just a bridge. We don't change lives or change the world. Jesus does. We can be a bridge. If we want this service to be a bridge, that for you to meet Jesus and have peace in Him. And if you already have, then I would challenge you today to be a bridge to help others. Maybe it is that cousin Eddie. Maybe it is your spouse. Maybe it is a neighbor to be a bridge. But trust that Jesus is the peace. And pray and look into his word that he walks in. May we have peace. You can't have it. It's not in us. It's in him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these people. Uh, man, that all of us are probably facing some type of tribulation, trial, temptation. All of us are searching for peace. A lot of us think we have peace for like two weeks around Christmas. And then we're going to hit the blues in January. I pray all of us. I pray for myself. Give us the peace that is in Jesus. It's so easy to have. We just we either sit in our chair or get on our knees or come to the altar and say, Lord, forgive me. I give it all to you. Let's do that this Christmas. Let's find peace. In Jesus' name, amen.